Jeff Purit is with us, President and CEO of TELUS International. Thanks for coming on the show, Jeff. Great to have you on. You recently released your fourth quarter numbers, numbers as well as the full year earnings as a public company for the very first time. Were you happy with the quarter and the earnings as they were for the full year? I was indeed. Nice to be here, Nicole. Thanks for hosting me. Um, we were pretty proud of what we accomplished in a year that I think arguably many had suggested might barely be a year of survival at best. And I think so many companies out there had to reimagine some or all aspects of their business model and operations. And you know, so we were under pretty intense pressure to find ways to stabilize, navigate and thrive. And uh, as a consequence of our carrier grade cloud enabled infrastructure, and we rapidly virtualized our global operations across more than 20 countries in a matter of weeks following government quarantine orders and our highly engaged team members and our ability to leverage our next gen tech and digital platforms internally now allowed us to bring our caring culture to life in a virtual environment. And that's really continued to be the foundation of our sustained success. Yeah, I mean, that's everything. Everything is virtual at this point, isn't it? So your business is in the right place at the right time. And the digital customer experience has more value more than ever. Um, what would be an example or some examples? I know you were just citing some there, but so that we can fully understand how a digital experience for the customer it's so important and how it improves when a company hires TELUS. So maybe if you'll allow me just some foundational principles to properly set the stage. I think we would all agree that customer experience was already of critical importance long before the pandemic led to closures and shelter in place rules and the growing evolving need to meet ever-changing demands from an increasingly digital native population was where we were already going. But you know, since the onset of COVID-19, the, the physical norms we, we knew and the, the mechanics of our lives, communicating with loved ones, keeping up with the news, working, learning and shopping, seemingly changed overnight. And now we're all centered on these digital platforms. And you know, it was two decades of steady growth in digital adoption, but the, the trajectory of digital consumerism went into hyperdrive as consumer attitude behaviors and purchasing habits shifted seemingly in a blink of an eye. I mean, you think about folks like McKinsey who have been you know, publishing a whole bunch of recent data, and they say that we've covered a decade in just days. And some specific examples would be you know, online entertainment, Disney Plus seemingly achieved in just two months what Netflix took seven years to build. E-commerce deliveries have increased the equivalent of 10 years of volume and velocity in just eight weeks. And you know, this shift has essentially thrust a, a new set of digitally influenced norms and behaviors on consumers who had you know, previously been slow or perhaps even unmotivated to adopt digital in their daily lives and interactions before COVID-19. And you know, these digital novices combined with consumers who were previously already hyper-connected or digital natives have given rise to this new term, Generation N or Generation Novel. And Gen N you know, represents a, a new cross-generational segment of the population galvanized by this disruptive effect of COVID-19 and opposed to, as opposed, excuse me, to traditional groupings by age, Gen N is sort of this cross-section of demographics linked by psychological characteristics and traits, such as their values, emotions, desires, lifestyle choices. And that makes this emergent customer segment unique. They're not simply bonded by digital centricity, 
but also by their emotions that are charged with pandemic-fueled fear, anxiety, worry. And their decisions and actions are driven by you know, the stressors, feelings, and consequences of the pandemic. And what that this means for brands is consumer behaviors are no longer as predictable, as linear, perhaps, as they once were. And the stickiness of consumer loyalty to a, a particular product or service is going to depend a lot more on satisfaction with the digital customer experience they encounter when interacting with brands online. And so you know, think about the confluence of Gen N and remarkable capabilities sure. that next-gen technologies enable, like augmented intelligence, automation, natural language processing, big data and analytics, to name a few. This is what we think is so exciting about the opportunity ahead of us. Sure, absolutely. It's how the customer feels when they're using a certain platform. And as you said, it could be anything from e-commerce to communicating with a loved one or news or work or any of those things. And um, shopping, you know, when you're shopping, you want to feel great. Like you did it, you did it well, you got the best price, you put it in the basket, you got out fast, that, that kind of stuff. Um, it seems so basic, but it will make or break a company. And I know, are you currently in four continents? Uh, or do you plan to expand? Is it through partnerships? How will you grow? going forward because I'm sure you have some stiff competition too. Indeed, it is a very uh, crowded uh, sector, uh, pretty exciting competitive dynamics. You know, our 50,000 plus team members in terms of our full-time employees are you know, today across 30 countries, in fact, with delivery centers in 20 of those. We also have a, uh, a crowdsourced workforce that are actually located across all six continents. You know, almost a million strong to supplement and augment our 50,000 full-time team members as well. Um, in terms of ongoing expansion and growth, obviously, you know, job one is to continue to grow organically by you know, meeting customers where and when and how they need us to, to do so. Uh, M&A has been a terrific uh, accelerator, amplifier of our growth and uh, success as well. And we'll continue to look for the strategic opportunities in a disciplined fashion to continue to extend the reach and capability. Uh, and indeed, you know, partnering with uh, technology leaders to ensure that we can be sort of best of breed technology agnostic to bring the best solutions to our customers whenever they need them. Yeah, so as you ha you said, the space is competitive, and I, I believe you when you say it, because that's what everybody's doing. The whole world's got to do something in digital, and if I owned a business, I, I would get you know right in that area too. Um, that being said, in a perfect world, what would you like to see, I mean, other than getting rid of COVID and getting everybody back to work, uh, what would you like to see in the digital space that would really help with an experience for folks? Well, I mean, getting rid of COVID for sure, but interestingly, I think one of the, uh, the takeaways from COVID has been that virtualization is now mainstream. It's here to stay. Uh, interestingly, you know, we served every one of our 600 plus clients pre-COVID from our traditional brick and mortar delivery centers. And there was zero appetite amongst that customer constituency to permit us to serve them in a virtualized environment, even though we already had the technology uh, and capability in terms of our frontline talented team members as well, supported by that virtual cloud-enabled technology to do so. Pandemic hits and it's either be served from a virtual environment or not at all, and customers express obviously a desire, a willingness to do so. Post-pandemic, I think it'll be interesting to see we're not going to go back to normal. I don't think it's going to be 100% return to a traditional brick and mortar delivery environment. I think there's going to be a need for 
some degree of heterogeneity in the service model. So it'll differ dramatically by customer, by work type, you know, even by the demographic of our team members. I mean, just by way of specific example, in North America, Western Europe, I think working from an at-home environment is regarded as uh, a positive, something you would want to do if given that choice. In emerging economies, decidedly less so, whether it's you know, basic attributes of air conditioning in the home or a little bit more crowded environment without the kind of space and privacy you would want to need to have a home office environment. I think what I'm hoping to see prospectively once the pandemic is behind us in terms of uh, comprehensive distribution of the vaccine, et cetera, is the right balance that ensures a safety, of course, of our team members at first instance, and then productivity dependent upon privacy, confidentiality, and performance for our customers to help them serve their customers.